Hello, <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. It wouldn't be another episode of Observe and Report if we didn't have some problems sometimes. <laughs> literally another episode. Literally another episode. I got lost there. So oh, guys. Sad to say, you're going to get a couple truncated versions of some yep. things that we watched. Uh, yep. There was some real magic that happened there that you sadly won't get to, to hear. And letting you in some some, some backstage uh, stuff, some inside baseball. But you know what? That's what the show's all about, okay? We're human. We make mistakes just like I'm sure you do, okay? I mean, this wasn't really even our mistake. It was a technical glitch. It was a technical difficulty. You got format SD cards, people, all right? If you don't know, this is a warning. Public service announcement. You got an SD card, format it, okay? You put it in a camera, you format it. You put it in your Zoom recorder, you format it. I don't even it just makes it appropriate for the system you're using it on. I mean, I gathered as much, but <laughs> I just really rely on you for this stuff, buddy. So thanks. Ah, boy. Well, <laughs> we watched Here some we things. go again. This is Observer Report, the show where we see things and tell you how we feel about them. My name is Jason Simmons. Across from me is always Jack Smith. <laughs> Hello. And we saw a bunch, but you might get a little bit of that bunch. Um, yeah. Real quick. Real quick. Here we quick. go. Uh, you have seen what, Jack? <laughs> 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 I watched The Shining. Mm-hmm. It was really great. Yep, yep. I think we all know what it's about, we but all real do. quick. Kubrick uh, Nicholson. Yep. Dubo. Nicholson brings his wife and child up to this big creepy hotel in mm-hmm. Colorado. Instead and of things, drinky drinky, he gets thinky thinky. And think, oh, I believe that's the tagline for the <laughs> film that was on all the posters. Um, and uh, things unravel from there. Yep. It's weird. It's great. Um, Shelley Duvall is. Just has such an incredible presence and look about her. Um, I really enjoyed her. Ethereal woman. Yes, I agree. Um, uh, It was great. Uh, We talked about oh, Scatman Crothers. Love me some dick, some dick Halloran. Oh, okay. I'm glad you fit. Isolate that. Do not do that. (laughs) Don't isolate that. (laughs) I mean, it's fine if you do. I just happen to know that you don't. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um. He was great. Um, they were my two favorite parts of that film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, The Shining. Uh, f- uh, Forty-one years later, I really enjoyed it. Watch it with your family. It's a family film, technically. No, it's not. Technically, it's definitely not. There's a guy in a bear giving a blowy to a dude in a suit. Watch it with yourself, or a significant other, or a friend. Or if you're me, watch it with a friend in broad daylight, <laughs> so as not to get scared. In the safe light of day. Yeah. What about you? Um, ba ba boom ba boom boom boom. I watched The Witches of Eastwick. Uh, we're talking Jack Nicholson. We're talking Cher. We're talking Susan Sarandon and a little bit Michelle Pfeiffer's Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. <laughs> Pfeiffer. Um, yeah. Um, it is highly influential on other really good witch-related things like Charmed and The Craft and Hocus Pocus. But this itself is not good. Um, it's a little all over the place. Um, they don't explain their lore very well. People have powers for no reason. The basic plot of the movie is three women who are good friends in the town of Eastwick, New York, uh, are going through some tough times in their life. And you know what they say? You know what would make it better? A man, which is the worst idea it's ever. It's always, you're always wrong. And they dream up the perfect man. And who comes to town the next day? Jack Nicholson, the opposite of the perfect man. <laughs> And he proceeds to fuck up their lives like Jack Nicholson would. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, winds up seducing all three of them. And they form some weird uh, big love polyamorous community. And yeah. that's cool. But they're yeah. not. the ladies aren't into it. The ladies yeah. are not having it. Um, and as a result, they seek revenge on him. They turn the tables on him. They flip the script on him. His head got twist turned upside down. And he's no longer the Prince of Bel-Air. All right? <laughs> And yeah, it's just a weird ass movie directed by George Miller, director of Happy Feet and Mad Max. He has range, people. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and you know what? I wish it was better, but it's not. But it had to exist to make other cooler things exist down the line. Wishes of Eastwick. It's on HBO Max. Watch it or don't. What else you got? <laughs> <laughs> this is how I usually talk when I have to pee real bad. <laughs> like during a meeting, I'm just like, mm, here we go. Um, uh, I watched The Bad Batch. There's, mm-hmm. I think, uh, 
four episodes out, maybe. I'm okay. not quite sure how long the season's going to be. Mm-hmm. It is an animated show um, based off of four episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars series, um, focusing on these five um, clones who were defective, and they don't have the same chip in their head that makes them do the bad things and turn on the Jedi. And I always thought it wasn't a chip. I thought it was like hypnotic suggestion, like some Winter Soldier stuff. But that's not true. It's <laughs> nope, a chip. It's a little chip. Um, and uh, it's really enjoyable. They throw a new character in there, Omega, who is um, a little girl. But I think they're trying to make it more accessible for all children. So even though she's a girl, um, she could look like uh, she could be a boy or a girl, which I think is very nice. Because gender is um, just a contract. Yeah. yeah. Then um, they're with that. Star Wars has become very progressive in the last couple of really years. It really has. Um, and she has a uh, Kiwi accent, which is always fun and cute. Um, and it felt like I got a little gift for watching all of Clone Wars. And as I was saying before in our previously deleted conversation, <laughs> uh, yes, that matters a big deal. Having watched Clone Wars, if you watch Clone Wars, it matters so much more to Star Wars now than anyone thought it would have. Totally. Um, it's cool that fans are being rewarded for, you know, enjoying a good thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy about Sticking that. Sticking with it. Um, I need to catch up on Clone Wars, and I've not yet started The Bad Batch, but I want to see it. it. It sounds like a fun time. It's really fun. Um, it feels like you just picked up right where um, Clone Wars ended, which mm-hmm. you pretty much do um, when Order 66 is given. Um, so it like, drops you right in. And uh, D. Bradley Baker is so freaking talented, the guy who does. Yeah, he absolutely like, is. It's crazy how talented he is. Um, because he, because the clones are clones, so they all look like each other, and they are essentially the same person. So he does all the voices for these five different characters. And they're all very distinctly different, um, and super cool. And uh, if you enjoy Star Wars, especially if you uh, watch Clone Wars, you should definitely check it out if you aren't already, because it's excellent. I am very happy they got Dee Bradley Baker to play the voice of these uh, clones. He's mm-hmm. a very trained and well-seasoned voice actor. Uh, so many credits to his name. Mm-hmm. Not that Tamara Morrison would have been bad as uh, the clones, but you need someone to like really get the emotion out of them, especially when it's just four very, well, five very distinct characters. Very distinct. Um, yeah, there's. it's crazy. It's so fun. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Clone Wars on, excuse me, not Clone Wars, The Bad Batch mm-hmm. on Disney Plus every Friday. Every Friday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and uh, I made a good joke about the Kristen Wiig verse, and that's gone now. <laughs> so deal with this. I watched Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, and I'm saying it like that because I don't want to trip off my words. All right? And Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. It's starring Kristen Wiig. Uh, her writing partner, Annie Mumolo. They wrote Bridesmaids together. We've got Jamie Dornan. We've got Damon Wayans Jr., Fortune Feimster, Vanessa Bayer. The basic plot of this movie is two best friends uh, leave the Midwest to go to Florida to have a little vacation, get some sun, get some fun, get some dudes, but they wind up being involved in a uh, international plot led by an albino mad woman to uh, destroy a town with a mosquito bomb. It's balls to the walls crazy, it is a little fun, but it's not that fun. I was not that engaged in it. I think most audience members would not be necessarily. Like I said before, it, it, it sounds that you didn't hear, of course, but like <laughs> I said before, um, it feels like a great in-joke being told between two friends who know all their uh, nuances and all the high points and low points, and like it looks hilarious, and like you can pick up that it is funny, but it's not necessarily funny to you. Um, you can tell that everyone involved in this had a great time making it, but I think people at home will not have as great a time watching it. Um, the movie's very pretty, wonderful blues, uh, amazing costumes, talking crabs, cool lot parachute pants. Check, so, check, check. So many things are happening. All the things you want to see in a movie <laughs> are happening in this movie, I guess. But that being said, um, it's I. <laughs> I watched it on Amazon Prime. I rented it for like five bucks. Oh, That's, you spent money on it? I did. I wish I spent three or two, but yeah. whatever. It happened. Barb and Star go to Vistel Del Mar. <laughs> that was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're back. We're back to where we track. realized. <laughs> oh, no. It's not working. <laughs> um, so I watched. Uh, this is kind of random. 
But I watched Formula One Drive to Survive, Mm -hmm. which is a documentary series on Netflix about Formula One uh, driving. And it basically, uh, I've only watched like three or four episodes, but it takes course, um, no, it takes, uh, uh, it's over the course of the entire, an entire season. And it follows a handful of the different drivers because mm-hmm. there aren't there aren't actually that many, um, and you learn about uh, it's like kind of everything. It's always kind of a soap opera because um, there's always politics and money and backstabbing and competition, um, and it follows because all these drivers for the most part are like young dudes in like their 20s which mm-hmm. is there a worse type of person no <laughs> um, young rich white dudes in their 20s with fast cars at oh, their disposal oh boy like literally one of them um one of, and you're following the different teams and each team because it's it's really just revolves around money um obviously companies like mercedes and ferrari have a shit ton of money that they throw at these where there are some right. much smaller companies that are really struggling this one guy he financed this um, this company that was once kind of was once huge and really successful. Now they're on the down and out, and so they're being financed by this Canadian billionaire, which I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> that was possibly the most shocking part. There's a Canadian billionaire, um, and his son, shocker, is a driver on their team. So he basically paid for his son to have a team. To have a team. Okay. Um, he's not great. Oh um, boy. I was kind of hoping he'd be, they'd be like super nice and like wholesome, but I guess not all Canadians are that way. I mean, I've not seen the whole series. Okay. So <laughs> um, but it's actually even if you don't, I don't have any interest in Formula One stuff. Um, but it's cool to see the different courses because they're in Monaco, they're in Spain, like they're all over the place. They're all mm-hmm. international. Um, the drivers and the teams, it's very dramatic because one, literally one wrong turn and you are screwed and you're, that race is done. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. If you're someone who generally likes documentaries, it's very well done, I think. Um, so, and you're, I mean, you're behind the scenes with them getting to see how it's all done which is very interesting do you get to know any of like the crew members oh yeah on team okay yep um because there's a main like will, a crew chief sort yeah, of yeah basically who kind of oversees the whole thing okay. and who uh when things go wrong it's ultimately them who have to call the boss and be like um uh, so we lost <laughs> so we lost we lost uh, x amount of uh tires uh this thing blew off the back Literally. of the car Jason, literally, um, a tire is not tight enough, and it screws the whole thing. I can imagine, like, it's... and there's a grown man crying because it was his job, and he fucked it up. <laughs> Just like, yeah, you should cry. You have literally one job to get this tire on this fucking car. I, I read a weird and interesting fact about like F1 cars the other day uh, from one cars mm. that the tires are made in such a way that they. They could make a better tire that doesn't wear away as quickly. Mm. But for the rules of uh, Formula One, they have to make a tire that deteriorates in a certain way Mm. to keep the advantage fair amongst all the teams. But on top of that, the technology of these tires is so secretive that as soon as one flips away or tears off, they have to retrieve that immediately. Oh. Like, because, like, this is kind of, like, secret technology. Oh. Like, for each team or, like, industry-wide. I mean, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Um, But there are... I ignorantly thought that, like, all the cars are pretty much the same. I would think that, too. Because you would think it would just be based on purely pretty much the skill of the driver, which it is. But, nope, teams with more money can have better cars. I mean, So, like, you're hmm. already at such an advantage um, that unless you have some teams that are very small or not um, as wealthy, do have phenomenal drivers who do a hell of a lot with what they're given but the chances of them actually being able to like win one of these is so small because they're already at such a disadvantage interesting yeah it's it's kind of fascinating i'm gonna finish the series because it's interesting i always assume that all these cars are pretty much identical down Mm -hmm. to like the last bolt nope very different Hmm. yeah like F1, like I I said before was like it, it almost feels like something that was like you know interest guys 40 and up right but 
it's such a it feels very eurocentric right um and and not in the sense like that soccer is but more so like very specifically f1 is yes. super eurocentric not really a world sport in that mm-hmm. way um but it's something that i always wondered like how what is this world like mm-hmm. i feel my only interpretation of it is through like bad movies about yes. f1 yes of just like men tearing at their chest like ah, i want to be faster the fastest in the world <laughs> and i'm like okay why but like i think this gives way more context to that it, world it's so interesting you have so much respect for even though a lot of these drivers are just shitty spoiled like 20 year olds this feels like something you're born into almost. Like, my dad was a racer, my uncle was a racer. Like. One guy, his dad was a big time racer, and now he's trying to make his name for himself, and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I think it's one of those things, like equestrian, where you have to have money to get yeah. into it because you need to afford to have a little car. <laughs> where, yeah, where do you have access to, you know, I don't an know. F1 car? <laughs> I have no idea. Because um, they show, they have like old video, like, them driving when they're little kids and stuff uh-huh. um but it's so it's such an incredible team effort and everyone's so specialized and they have so much technology um but then once you can s- kind of see the skill of the drivers when they know those cars inside and out they mm. know they can be like guys this thing is doing this thing and like they have s- part of their skill set is just knowing the cars and how they should kind of adjust to them and stuff. Right. It's really impressive. Inter- they're like test pilots in a way or like like fighter they, pilots. And they so are literally, right? yeah, they're literally compared to fighter pilots, like that mindset of like you have to be so focused and because you're going at such a high speed, things can go so wrong so easily um, that they actually kind of compare the psychology of it to that. I wonder if they test for doping and things like that. Like, hey, is this guy on Adderall or like is this person like, you know, oh. on speed? Like, I mean... I don't know. I, I guess that could help you focus, but I don't know that would necessarily make you a better driver. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if it's even a thing that's like, I'm sure it's frowned upon, but I wonder if it's even a thing that one would even consider because like right. you don't have the purest form of your senses maybe in the in, if you're like taking some kind of performance-enhancing mm-hmm. drug. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's like you could easily die yeah. <laughs> if you're not paying attention yeah. or like you're overthinking something. Um, I would recommend it. If you just enjoy documentaries generally, um, I, it's very interesting. It's well done. Okay, and that's on Netflix currently, yep. right? There's okay. three seasons, I think, so far. Oh, my God. I just assumed, like, oh, this is new. Three seasons. I thought it was new, too, because a couple of people recently have told me about it, and I was like, oh, that's okay. So I thought it was, this would be, like, the first season. Like, no, it's been out for a couple seasons. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I will check it out, because that, that sounds interesting. It is. Um, another thing on Netflix that I checked out, uh, new to Netflix, um, is Jupiter's Legacy. Oh, no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why did I check it out? It looked so bad. I'm and glad you said that. It looks cheap and bad because like, of points it does. It, though, I I was just, as soon as I saw it come up on mm-hmm. Netflix, I was just like, oh, Josh Dumel and your package. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, no, no, no. What are you trying to show Fergie what she's missing out on? She knows. Um, yeah, it just, it looked cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, which t- 10, 15 years ago to do a cheesy uh, superhero thing is one thing, but now with Marvel and stuff, like it's, I feel like it's much harder to get away from, to get away with and be charming. That is, I think, an accurate statement. Um, the source material that is based on two comic books called Jupiter Circle and Jupiter's Legacy, uh, done by Mark Miller and Frank Whiteley. Mark Miller may be, you know, might be familiar with him from Kick-Ass oh, and okay. from Kingsman. Um, oh, God. Basically, all of his properties are translated into movies okay. at some point. But that being said, it, it, they are way too loyal to the look of the comic on this show, I feel. It's like you, okay. they, they left a little room for interpretation in the visual look of it. It's like you could, you should step away. <laughs> um, not to disparage Frank quietly um, and his art. I love his art, but it's just like they they left little room for their own interpretation. Yeah. It felt like um, I. They're throwing way too much at the audience. They're throwing so many names and heroes and powers and villains. It just feels like 
you didn't take any time to establish this world for like someone that's just coming to this and like it really does feel like something they're trying to like say this is a big expansive world with all these weird different heroes and abilities and structure the the, the basic premise of the show is it is telling the, the tale of this superhero group called the union of which josh dumel is like the 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 superman head of it basically and it's trials and tribulations from the 1930s to now and how they have fallen apart and strayed from their path and how it is kind of indicative and reminiscent of like the american dream to some degree okay and like at its core like what it's the the, the story that it's telling of like the promises of america have not come true mm-hmm. i think that's like a good thing to say and totally. an important story to tell absolutely but through the lens of this show it just feels like this is a little cheesy a little hammy um it's josh dumel doing his best timothy oliphant impression um he is really like what josh dumel doing his best timothy oliphant impression and it is him like really i just feel like you should have gotten timothy oliphant i think he'd have been better at this (laughs) um but it's got leslie bibb um ian quinlan uh my kaporis um who are two individuals um that i've not seen anything before Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's just also it's a little joyless. Like Aww. it's not fun. Like it's so self-serious. Okay. Uh, and I think the self-seriousness of it is very distracting and, and not enjoyable. Mm. Um, it's telling the story in two parts. Like we keep jumping from the 1930s to like present day, mm-hmm. and it just feels like, oh, okay. I wish you just separated these two things. Like the comics were separated. Like they chose to tell the 1930s story in a, in a specific series of comics, and they chose to tell the present day story in a specific series of comics. And it was way more digestible, and I felt less thrown around, like, mm-hmm. batted around like, you know, a cat with a toy, mm. kind of. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really up its own butt, and it doesn't need to be. <laughs> okay. That's just how I felt about it. Fair. Um, I watched another Netflix thing. Mm-hmm. Shadow and Bone. I started watching that. I, I tried. I got at least like four or five episodes in, mm-hmm. but um, I just, I think I'm, granted we've heard these, we've seen these stories a thousand times, but like the whole like chosen one thing mm. is so tiresome and like, I feel like so many fantasy stories are, and I get it, I'm not like I'm an original thinker, um, are like the whole chosen one thing and it's about this young girl or young woman who doesn't realize she has a secret power and she is the one person who can help destroy this thing called the shadow fold uh which is this weird cloudy dark thing that separates this land it looks like a living hurricane kind of yeah, yeah and when you go into it say it takes i don't know half an hour to cross i oh, can't tell um there's like monsters and stuff so everybody dies when they go <laughs> through there and so she could help like unite people and the side characters are actually more interesting and more fun i would agree with that from just like from watching yeah. the first episode like, like the the crew with like um the guy with the cane and mm-hmm. the um uh, i think she's indian woman who I apologize. I don't know if she's Indian or Middle Eastern. Um, she's gorgeous. And she has, like, cool powers and is very um, kind of ninja-esque. And then a guy who is a great shot who I find terribly charming. Um, I find them more fun and interesting than mm-hmm. the main girl. Um, nothing to do with the actress, just the character. Um, it's just felt like... A story I've seen before, just with different people. It's okay. I also just might not be the right audience for it. It was, I think, it's based on like a young adult novel. Mm. Um, so maybe I'm just too old for it. <laughs> um, but it's it's fine. I just don't think I'm going to stick with it. But Ben Barnes looks real good. <laughs> I, I'll say that I appreciate them swinging for the fences. Yeah, they totally as, like, did. Really trying to say, like, this is a world that we've built. And, like, you know, these are the people, these are the factions. These are, like, you know, the intricacies of that. I think they're trying their best to get that across. The way they went for it is how I wish the Chronicles of Narnia had gone for it. Mm. 
and like had that level of quality and money that they put into mm-hmm. it because I think that's what they wanted, but it just didn't look like that. <laughs> um, we could afford Liam Neeson. That's it. All right. <laughs> we set the money on Liam Neeson. What do we want? He's a lion. He's Jesus. He's Liam Neeson. <laughs> um, sorry. Yes. Your thoughts. Um, no. I, How much of it did you see? I, I really only like, I would say I watched the, the pilot episode and like okay. a little bit of the second episode. Okay. Um, it's from what I've seen so far it's okay I like what I'm seeing mm-hmm. and I think that I could really do more but I agree with what you're saying that is a, a trope of the protagonist that's like so special and the only one that can do what they mm-hmm. can do and they're immediately very powerful mm-hmm. I think I'm at a point in my life where I prefer I don't mind if the, the main character is a chosen one but I think I need them to suck for a long time yeah. and like fall on their face and get punched in their face and have bad things happen to their face region. <laughs> <laughs> and I just need them to like not be good for a while. And I think that endears you more to that character. Like, man, they really got to get their shit together if they were going to save anyone. I mean, she just practiced for a while, mm-hmm. but I just, I don't find, again, nothing to do with the actress. I think she's fine, but I just don't find that character particularly compelling. I get that. I totally get that. And like, yeah, it's it's a character trope that I don't think is done or tired. It'll, it'll always exist. And right. You kind of need it has to be always, there and it will continue to, and that's fine. It's just that this iteration, I think, especially in like young adult oriented things. Yeah. It gets like all right. Yeah. What else you got? Especially when the other characters are more fun. Uh, agreed. I can I can get behind yeah. that. Um. Another thing from Netflix. Uh, mm. We've been going hard in the Netflix we area. Have. Um, Castlevania season four mm-hmm. uh, just just concluded, uh, just premiered, and I concluded it. <laughs> I finished it. Um, it's good. I like Castlevania. You and my <laughs> friend John, hi John, um, also enjoy it very much. Um, it's a fantastic cast. You got your Richard Armitage. Oh, so handsome. You got your James Callas's. You got your Alejandro Reynoso's. Oh, I don't even know him, but his <laughs> name sounds so good that I like him. Uh, that's a lady, Alejandra. Oh, Reynoso. I'm into her. <laughs> um, Bill Nye uh, and Malcolm McDowell. Ooh. Um, it's a really solid cast. Mm. Um, and it is, so Castlevania is based on the video game series of the same name from Konami. Uh, oh, it was a video game. It was a video game, but they don't make this video game anymore. This is the only thing that exists now with the name Castlevania on it, period. Okay. Um, that company doesn't make games anymore. Oh. They are really into pachinko <laughs> um, and, like, gambling machines. Oh, okay. Well, um, you know. But that being said, like, this is the only thing that exists with the name Castlevania, and I think they're doing a good job of, like, interpreting this crazy long story that is all interconnected and every part matters into distilling it into this four season like 30 episode thing of just like this is castlevania like each each season wait 30 episodes total across four seasons i think it's about 30 episodes total across four seasons like they had weird season numbers Mm -hmm. like this is the first season i think where they made it to like 10 episodes altogether okay i think they had two seasons of like 10 episodes and like two short seasons um but it's just and it's weird like the animation changed a little bit in this season. It's not as strong. Oh. But that being said, still satisfying overall. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell there's some parts like, hmm, guess they didn't have much money for this fight scene. <laughs> and the other fight scenes were like, you spent the whole check, didn't you? Hmm, <laughs> I see. Um, you got fries with that, uh, that burger, I see. Um, <laughs> but overall, it's a fine end to the story. Mm-hmm. They're able to really wrap up almost like every character that you come across, oh, any nice. main character that like had like some prominence. Um, they do a great job at telling different little storylines. Um, the only part that felt a little out of place, there's like this one final battle that occurs where this character has this real defining moment. It feels like that's really cool. Like I guess he, by the game, this is the main character, quote unquote. But through the series, it really does feel like this ensemble effort. Where everyone gets a little time to shine and gets a cool moment or like nice. a nice fight scene, uh, male characters, female characters, like everyone got a little piece of the pie, and mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. Nice. I appreciated them like putting the time to make that happen. Um, of like the the main the character who I guess is supposed to be our main character, it looks like he just sucks to beat him. He gets his <laughs> ass kicked so much, and it's fun to see. <laughs> um, it's just every other character is able to easily dispatch enemies, but you, you see it in the animations like. God, he worked so hard to beat that one guy up. And this lady would have just blew him up with fire from her hands. Like, <laughs> ah, man. Well, good on you. You tried. <laughs> so nice. It's so nice to see you do things. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, it, it captures the feel of the games in ways where it's like, okay, we started off with these small, like, we're killing vampires in this castle. And it's like, you're fighting the concept of, like, existence? <laughs> like, okay, sure. Like, these small things, like, getting to these bigger concepts mm -hmm. that, like, have embodied forms. It's like, oh, you, you, this is a hard thing to interpret, but you did a fun job. Nice. So overall, I liked it. Four seasons, it's pretty much done. Like, Oh, if they have another season, it's going to be different characters and like oh. a different setting. Okay. Um, different voice actors, even. Oh, wow. Um, because they really did tie a bow on this. Like, it feels like if they didn't make any more seasons, that's fine. If they do, it would be different people entirely. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I watched, man, another Netflix thing. Oh, man. This is not sponsored by Netflix, but. No. <laughs> almost all my stuff is. Um, I watched The Mitchells versus The Machines. I started watching that. I didn't get to finish it, though. It's very cute. Uh, the cast is amazing. It's Abby Jacobson, Danny McBride, who, like, him as a dad is really sweet. It feels good. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia Coleman, Maya Rudolph, Eric Andre, Chrissy Teigen, and John Legend a little bit. <laughs> oh, are they the family? The, the other yeah, yeah, perfect, like family? The perfect family? Yeah, family. That's great. Yeah. Um, the style of animation is fun. It's not just typical. Like, they'll have um, kind of like, uh, how would you describe it? Like, the girl, the main character played by Abby Jacobson, she uh, does some drawings. So they add in among the regular animation, like drawings and little things like that pop 2D up. 2D effects that yeah, pop up. And it's really cool. To help kind of emphasize moments and stuff, which is fun. Um, it's very colorful. It's great for kids because it's just colors and things moving around the so whole time. Bright. It's lovely to see oh boy. things in motion yes. in this movie. If you want to keep a kid entertained for two hours, just stick them in front of that. It's been in the top ten for like four weeks or something like that. Like I get why it's doing so yeah. well. It's really sweet. Um, it's a story that we've all seen before, but they've done it in a new and interesting and fun way. Of just a family that, um, with a teenage daughter who's going to go off to college, um, who doesn't have the best relationship with her dad just because they don't quite understand each other. Um, unlike most stories like this, um, there's a robot uprising. <laughs> As you do. You know. Um, I remember my first robot uprising <laughs> when I went to college. Let me tell you. That year the iPods took over. <laughs> um, and... Uh, and so the family kind of has to battle and come together. Um, and it's really funny. I laughed aloud. It is legitimately funny at, at any point. multiple <laughs> points. There's this dumb dog named Manchi that's this fat pug <laughs> that's really funny. They get a lot of humor out of this not real dog. They do. It's, um, I found it, it was really fun. It was really funny. It was really sweet. I... It was very relatable. Um, I would highly recommend it for families. I thought it was delightful. I super recommend it. I've been watching it in chunks as I like get ready in the morning, mm. like going to work, and it's just it's fun to watch. Yeah. It, it is really fun and cute and colorful. Yeah, uh, yeah, good, 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 good thing to watch. Yes. Um, another thing I watched. Oh, um, I watched a really fun documentary on Hulu. Uh, called The Orange Years. Hmm. Um, it is a story of Nickelodeon uh, from the 1980s to the 1990s. The Orange Years? The Orange Years. Gotcha. Um, and it's it's a kickstarted, like, crowdfunded uh, documentary, but it's really well done. Uh, they really go into depth on, like, how this network came to be from, like, having, uh, you know, syndicated British and Canadian uh, shows. What? And how that ultimately translated to you know original content on, yeah. the, on the network they like go and like look at you can't do that on television which starred like a young um god well, i can't remember her name uh jack little pill alanis uh, morissette alanis morissette yes um uh, they go interview her like what? they talk to like keenan thompson they talk Amazing. to like the entire cast of all that i you're, loved you're all that it danny tamborelli's so and whatnot they interview, like, you know, the creators of, like, the first Nicktoons, like, mm. Doug and Rugrats oh, and Ren classic. and Stimpy. And they spend, like, a significant time with each of them. It reminded me, like, Christine Taylor was on a Nickelodeon show. I yeah. totally forgot about that. So I'm Hey Dude. Um, I loved Hey Dude. I salute so your I. shorts. I salute your shorts. Classic. Like, they talked to, like, uh, Mark Summers, who hosted Double Dare and yeah. all that stuff. Um, really fun anecdotes and like really oh, good man, um, awesome. explanations of like, well, this is how Legend of the Hidden Temple work. And like, this is how, 
you know, all these shows that you remember from a child and mm -hmm. how they worked, what Nickelodeon Studios was like and why they built that. It's mm -hmm. like the the woman behind uh essentially the CEO of like Nickelodeon, like her mindset and her vision, it's like, wow, she really was ahead of the curve on so many things, like, you know, from how they marketed themselves and like, you know, how they how other companies wanted to come in, like, well, we want to make things for you. Like, no, 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 no. Like, let's actually look what we're making. And like, you know, how how Gak came to be, how yeah. like slime, why did slime, why is slime a thing? Um, That's awesome. It's such a great insight into like a thing that really did matter a lot. And oh like, my God, that was my entire childhood. Like children's programming was really a thing in like the 1990s and like early 2000s. And like yeah. for advertisers, like, yeah, we want kid money. We want oh that God. kid money. I, got, I had a subscription for a little while to Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon Magazine. Magazine. Please. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. And like, I remember like if they would always say like the address you wanted to like write in to Nickelodeon or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um it yeah it was i remember making i was so bummed because i had to have a little surgery at the end of the school year and so my mom's scheduled for like the last day of school <laughs> when we were gonna be making gack and oh, i was like no. this woman why are you ruining my life patrice at age seven <laughs> um, and who knows how your life could have turned out if you just made that gack well, bless my teacher, Mr. <laughs> Myler, came to my house and dropped it off. Aww, and I was like, yeah. It was that's great. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, and like their logo and stuff was so they get, great. They tell you the fonts, the color Amazing. of the logo, why they chose that. It, it was so distinct. And I feel like that was at a point when, I mean, Disney was okay, but Nickelodeon was like the kid thing. It like, really was what there was There were some kids who watched some Disney stuff, but they weren't as cool. And also like for a while, Disney was like a paid network. Like you had to pay for it. Like you paid for HBO. And like Nickelodeon was on basic mm -hmm. cable. Yeah, it's great. Like, hey, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., we got you. That's all, all right. I freaking watched. They get into SNCC. They talk to like, oh, you know, Snick, Melissa yeah. Joan Hart. Like you just forget like this network really had all these various aspects. Yeah. Like you had Nick Jr., Nickelodeon, SNCC. Like, you yeah. know, we're hitting various age ranges and various interests, but this is all still for kids. So good. Um, it, oh, I'm so excited. It, Is it a series or just a movie? An hour, uh, 40 minute documentary. Okay. Like it's nice, tight, and like really awesome. gets in depth. I, I liked it, it a lot. I haven't even heard about it. Um, I believe it was based like on a, a book that then became like, oh. you know, this documentary that was yeah. like crowdfunded. It's really good. Nice. I really recommend it. All right, cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I'm totally going to check that out. <laughs> um, I, the last. Netflix thing that I watched. <laughs> um, I, last night I watched Stowaway. I also watched Stowaway. I figured you did because this is space logistics. It's got logistics and space, and guess what? There's problems. There's <laughs> some problems. <laughs> so uh, it features only four people. Yeah, small cast. Anna Kendrick, Tony Collette, who I haven't seen anything in a while, and I was excited to see mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. um, Daniel Day Kim, who is so beautiful. This was a really a feast for my eyes, Jason, because between him Those and cheekbones, his man. cheekbones, it's crazy. And uh, oh god, I can't read my own handwriting. I think it's Shamir Anderson. Uh, you are correct. It is Shamir Anderson. I couldn't tell if it was an M or an N because look at my terrible handwriting. <laughs> oh god, um, he was also very cute, and I would never kick him off of anything. <laughs> um, so when she was like, "Lift up your shirt," I was like, "Yeah, lift up your shirt." <laughs> <laughs> Let me see those scars. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, to, to treat you medically, yes, <laughs> just for science. Um, so it's this, it's a movie about these this three-person crew that is on this, it's in the future, but the recognizable future. Yeah, like the not-too-distant yeah. future. Um, and uh, it's a three-person crew. They're going to be on this two-year mission to go to Mars to see if basically we can kind of start colonizing it. Um and then all of a sudden, uh, they notice some blood on the floor, and out comes poor Shamir. Uh, his character's name is Michael, and he was uh, working on the ship, and I'm not quite sure what happened. He got knocked out, and I guess they never actually explain quite yeah. what happens, but he's, he's a stowaway on the ship accidentally. Um, and so they have to figure out... Of course, things are wrong, and so they have to figure out what they can do to stay alive. 
uh, yeah, as he falls out of that hatch, he damages like mm-hmm. you know one of their oxygen sensors. It's or always the carbon dioxide. Mm. Yeah, yeah, carbon dioxide. Yeah, it's always the scrubber. CO two. It's always a CO2 scrubber mm-hmm. in like every space film. <laughs> Why would you just pack an extra one? I know it's limited in terms of what you can bring on those ships, like down to the ounce, but like pack a second one, guys. <laughs> like this is literally one of the most important things. Put an extra one in there, you idiots. <laughs> What upset me about the movie was like, God, just turn around, just turn around. You, like, you're so close to Earth. Like, yeah. You guys left like two hours ago. Just turn around. For real. But Less than a day away. I had read into it and like they were being very scientifically accurate. The kind okay. of ship they were on is like, there's very little fuel and like it's really being based on like inertia. Mm-hmm. Like they need to like get to Mars, slingshot around and then come back. Gotcha. But it's like, so they couldn't really turn around. I was like, okay. okay. <laughs> All right. I'll believe you. Um... Yeah, like I, I liked it. I think there was one thing that was missing from me. I just needed to see what was happening on the ground. Like I, I oh. wanted to see like the freak out at like Mission Control. I mm. wanted to see like you know his family. Like he's his his sister. Like his, right, his nephew's right. like, oh my god, my brother's in space. Like what do I do? Like I, I, I think I needed that element to like literally like ground me to it mm. a bit more. And it didn't really have that. But it was still enjoyable. It was still very entertaining. It was enjoyable. I felt like the pacing was a bit too... I was waiting for some kind of real climax. It didn't... It, mm-hmm. like, it built up to something, then it just ended. And mm. I was like, oh, but... Okay. And there was... I feel like there was... Maybe this is just me, but let me know how you think. Uh, what you thought. Um, it felt like there was a little bit of mystery as to whether... Um, Michael like kind of did it on purpose and maybe had I like some nefarious reason for being there mm-hmm. and like he seems so likable but then his acting is so good because it's just like are you likable because you're likable are you they're just like the s- smallest thing they're just like oh are you doing this on purpose to be manipulative yeah. and I feel like they could have done more with that and I kind of thought that's what they were building to of like this mystery and we're going to figure out like is he at some point going to sabotage them in a different way for I don't know what reasons but then I was oh okay well no spoilers for this but like yeah I wanted more with that because they were kind of hinting at it and then just kind of disappeared seemingly um i I, at many points questioned his motives and his intentions like is he lying yeah because he'll smile and you'll see something behind that smile that's like that might not be a sincere smile Mm -hmm. and in the coldness of space you just wonder like yeah and like he tells us he i mean his story checks out like yes he Mm. was an engineer it's not like he's some rando that like got on there totally but he said like oh yeah i was applying to like you know do this a year from now yeah but there's no chance that he'd have been able to get on that ship, you know? Like, was he just taking the opportunity where he saw? Like, it's yeah. always been my dream. I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. Like, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm going to Mars. Fuck everybody. Um, you, I, just, you just don't know. I thought that was basically going to kind of be the mystery. Mm-hmm. So I was a little disappointed. Um, everyone's acting was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I feel like the the pacing it gets up kind of high but then it plateaus a bit it, it i agree um as they're trying to figure out yeah. what to do about their oxygen up there yeah um so and it looked great and like the ship that they built i don't know what the inside of a spaceship should look like but whenever you see stuff from nasa it looks like the most uncomfortable place on the planet <laughs> it's just small and cramped and full of buttons and lights it feels like you sneeze you can break something yep <laughs> um, and like it looked like the production value of the sh- like set that they built was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, given the size of the cast and like the size of like the set, mm. I assume my man like this is obviously a COVID movie. They filmed this during COVID, like, but that's not oh, the case. Really? They, fi- they actually filmed it before started like 2019. Oh, um, and yeah, it just took until now to come out basically. Mm. Interesting. Um, but yeah, like like we were saying, like um, the casting. Like and the acting just it brings further questions that you don't even think about until like you start to look at the cast. Like yeah. brings the questions of like race and like sexuality yeah. and identity and just like what's going on here a little bit. It 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 is intriguing mm. on those axes. Totally. Yeah. Like I, I definitely recommend watching it. But it, like but like you said, something about it just is not as engaging for some yeah. reason. Yeah. The ending was a little like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, ends a little wholesome. Not to spoil anything, but yeah, right. a little, a little. I wanted more. Yeah. Overall. Same. 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 Um, what else did I watch? Oh, uh, also a Netflix thing, but not a Netflix original. Mm. Um, I watched Captain Fantastic uh, from 2016. Oh, yeah, Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Viggo Mortensen, Frank Langella, Catherine Hahn, Steve Zahn. Oh, I um, didn't know all those people were in it. And George McKay. Um, directed by Matt Ross, a director, this very much mirrored uh, his life growing up. He grew up in, like, you know, a small community, like, you know, away from the world, so to speak. Um, but Captain Fantastic is a story of a man who is trying to uh, raise his family of like, what is it, like five or six so kids? So many children. Too many kids. Um, <laughs> away from society, uh, training their minds and their bodies, like, you know, to their peak, basically. Um, and also dealing with the death of his wife and their mother and kind of like coming to terms with that and going to her funeral. Um, it's a lot yeah, <laughs> happening in this seems movie. seems like a lot. Um, but what's weird about the movie is it feels like it could happen in almost any time. Like, these kids and Viggo Mortensen look like they're from 1973. And then, like, <laughs> I was surprised when they came into the world. It's like, oh, it's now. Oh, oh. okay. Oh. <laughs> like, um, it just has, just, it's Viggo Mortensen. He has an old sensibility yeah, about totally. him. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's. It, it's tough looking at it sometimes because, like, I wouldn't parent these kids like that. Mm. But to some degree, like, I get what he's... I get why one would. The like, ideals kind of behind it. Yeah, yeah, I get the ideals behind it. Maybe I I don't agree with the way that he's doing it, per right. se. Um, like, you have these super smart kids, you know, who are super physically fit, but at the same time, like, it seems like they can't really relate to other people all that well. Yeah, something's lost in social abilities when yeah. you're only around your family. And I get, like, you know, being more... Like, he's very intelligent very smart but maybe not that emotionally intelligent mm. and like you know uh Catherine Han and Steve Zahn Han and Zahn uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like you know have these discussions with him and these debates with him and I think they do a balanced job of like showing Viggo Mortensen's point of view where it's like your kids don't even know like the Bill of Rights <laughs> like what's so great about being in a world if you don't know anything about it mm. And to their end, it's like, well, this is the world. Like, yeah. you're gonna, you can't keep your children away from everything forever, so yeah. to speak. Um, but good performances overall. I think Vic Mortensen got nominated for an Oscar for his performance. Oh. Um, and I can see that. I totally yeah. understand that. Um, and yeah, it, it came out in 2016. Again, this feels like a movie that came out like 20 years ago. But that's not the case. It was mm. very, very recent. Yeah. Um, it was enjoyable. I, I had a good time watching it. Um, yeah, it's on Netflix. I, rec- I recommend taking a look at it. Nice. Yeah. Um, my last thing is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Everything's Gonna Be Okay on Hulu. Okay, I've, I've never heard of this. It is so delightful. Um, it stars this Australian comedian, Josh Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Adam Faison plays his boyfriend. And then there are two young girls, or teenage girls, Kayla Cromer, Croner, oh god, my M's and my N's, man, <laughs> and then Maeve Press, and so it is about. Um, I don't think this is a huge spoiler, because uh, it happens in the first twenty minutes, but um, it is about uh, his character. I can't remember. Oh my god, I can't remember his character's name. Josh Thomas's character is a uh, half brother to these uh, high school age girls. One of them's 15, one of them's 17, uh, or 14, 17. And he is visiting them and his father in the United States. And his father is ill and he cool. dies. And so um, he, his character has not been around that much but he's very sweet and sincere and enthusiastic and wants to take care of his half sisters okay and so he becomes their guardian um and you know that i usually don't like young adults (laughs) (laughs) i find them incredibly annoying um but unlike shows like riverdale or whatever where Mm -hmm. kids are essentially like 25 year olds yeah like these girls are girls like they're sweet and kind of naive but they're also very smart Mm -hmm. um and thoughtful um but have the same insecurities and stuff that that a teenager typical teenagers have and like maybe their friends aren't great and they're not the best influences on them um the older sister um 
is uh, autistic and the actress is autistic um, and she's great and they don't the way they handle things is not um, it's not cliche and it's just very they don't look at it like oh no the autistic girl it's Mm -hmm. like oh yeah no she is smart and funny and she wants to go out there and get some ass (laughs) (laughs) Um, and she also happens to be autistic which absolutely comes with its own challenges and Mm -hmm. stuff but they don't um handle it with kid gloves too much right like they try to paint her as a full person yes um and uh josh thomas's character is he's like in his mid-20s um oh yeah i just like someone asked like how old are the adults in this situation i guess yeah he's like 25 oh god (laughs) did they go Um, to teenagers and raise them Oh, no. <laughs> so hard. Wait, what? He said Josh Thomas is 25. He's yeah. like raising. He's raising the two girls. Yeah, yeah that sounds so yeah, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, and it's just three people trying their best. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sweet without being sappy. Um, and it handles some kind of tricky topics um, very thoughtfully, but also with humor. It's a comedy. It's mm-hmm. really funny. Um, and just trying to see people very who are very reasonably trying to figure things out and kind of stumbling, but being there for each other essentially along the way. Okay, it left me like smiling, <laughs> kind of it, almost in a Ted Lasso esque way of just like, oh, I feel good after watching this show. Right, it's so funny, it's so sweet. I like these characters so much. Um, it's great. I would. I would highly recommend it if you're looking for something a little more uplifting in a comedy. I've got some questions. So, okay. So, this is (laughs) not bad questions, but just (laughs) general inquiries. Um, So, this is a Hulu original or? Uh, It's on Freeform. On Free? Oh. oh, (laughs) I watch nothing on that network. Uh, That's why I've never heard of it. Yeah. I don't think anybody does. Um, No, it has. It's The fan base of Freeform is pretty much like uh, young people aged like 15 to like 25 like that's like right in the range of one of the people on this show what kind of stuff is on there um i thought it was like sci-fi channel <laughs> <laughs> well freeform used to be abc family which at one point used to be oh. family. but like freeform okay. took over like some of abc stuff but at the same time they're like uh what's an identity we show things like yeah. so they show things that like i think gear towards like people age 15 and 25 like we show things like dealing with young people in fun and tough situations um they have a a show that came on there very recently that's like a a murder mystery being told from the 90s and it's getting a lot of buzz right now i forget i'm listening um it's like primarily focused around like uh these several girls in the 1990s a murder happens and like it's being told in like real time in the 1990s um I can't remember a goddamn the, the damn name of the thing. Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer. That's what it is. Um, mm. And that is getting a lot oh, of buzz right now and weird. a lot of good reviews. This looks like a weird show. It sounds weird. <laughs> Told over three summers in the 90s, a girl goes missing and another mysteriously takes over her life. Yeah. Like, they show things like that on Freeform. <laughs> okay. Got it. What is Freeform? A lot of stuff like that, basically. Uh, Freeform, apparently, is a really apt name for this channel. Mm-hmm. They show, like, a, a lot of young adult things. Okay. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Gotcha. But not necessarily in the young adult mold. Okay. Um, But, no, I, I didn't know this was even a thing. And what season is it in at this point? Two. Season two. Okay. Hmm. I think they might have just finished season it, all of season two is on hulu okay so that, i'm assuming that's the most current yes. i think things come from freeform directly to hulu like gotcha. about a day or two after okay. so if it's done on freeform it's done on hulu as well it's um i think you would like it mm-hmm. it's just really funny it makes me laugh aloud at stuff okay i feel like i've not been watching a lot of things from terrestrial tv on streaming platforms recently so me i neither. think maybe i should like dip a toe into that I haven't been watching many comedies, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was also nice to just kind of get a little a little Sherbert. It's a Sherbert Ooh. TV show, but like... Sherbert's treat. You don't have yeah. it very often. It's cool But like done relaxing. well. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll, I will take a look. Put an eye on it. I'll look at it. I even wrote it down and put stars next to it. I love it. Um, 
I watched something. Uh, I got to think. I just have two last things. Okay. Um, I watched Hacks on HBO. Uh, HBO Max. It's uh, a show starring Gene Smart and uh, Hannah Einhein- Einbinder um, oh, and Christopher McDonald. Um, it's basically about an aging comic, Gene Smart, who uh, has... An aging or an Asian? An aging. Gotcha. An aging comic, okay. Gene Smart, who has like you know a, in a long-running show in Las Vegas... And she just, you know, doesn't have the same bite that she used to. Like, her boss at the casino is basically wanting to replace her with pentatonics. And she's like, fuck that. Like, I'm better than them. Like, I don't, I'm I'm a worthy thing to see in Las Vegas. I've been doing this show for, like, the last 30 years. Like, Is she supposed to be kind of Joan Rivers-esque? I think that is, like, the model that they're looking at. Okay. Like, a Joan Rivers-esque comic. Gotcha. Um, and in order to, like, kind of, like, spice up her material, uh, her agent sends out uh, this young woman, who's also a comedian in L.A., mm-hmm. uh, who has fallen on hard times. Basically, like, she can't get any other job, and her it is like I'm gonna give you this one mm-hmm. and he she Gene Smart is one of his eldest clients gotcha. and he's just like I don't know what to even do with you I want to <laughs> put these two misfits together hope it works out gotcha um, and it's very funny and acerbic and enjoyable um, I feel like nothing's set in Las Vegas yeah, so it's kind of fun to see like you know that totally. as a backdrop for things yeah, yeah, yeah. and you just realize like this is a weird place <laughs> like when you think about it in your head not many people know people that like live in las vegas <laughs> people visit yeah but very rarely does anyone know someone that lives there yeah and i think that's a very interesting person that chooses to live totally chooses to live in las vegas very interesting people um but yeah i i like it it's only two episodes so far um i think it's very funny uh, um i caught like two episodes like early in the morning like before going to work like what's this like hmm. I like this. And Jean Smart's fantastic. She's secretly in everything that's good. Yeah, she's in Mayor of Easttown right <laughs> Mayor now. Mayor of Easttown. She was in Watchmen. Like, she's on this. Like, HBO loves her. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see uh, where the season goes. It made me, uh, like, yearn for, like, another season of uh, Crashing with Pete Holmes. Oh, yeah. I... That was a show that I complete that they canceled very quietly. Yeah, I didn't even know they were. I was like waiting. I came to the right place and the right side. Like, what's the new season of Crashing coming out? And it just <laughs> oh, wasn't no. there. I came like a year later. All right, January. This is the place. This is the time. Where's that show that I like? No one told me it was gone oh. at all. Um, but yeah. Um, outside of uh, hacks, can I just say mm-hmm. more than anything, I'm just impressed that you wake up early enough before you go to work to watch tv i do it as i'm getting ready and it's not like i'm like getting exactly on time it's still impressive to me <laughs> like so impressive mm-hmm. thank you tom i, I uh, my boss i hope you're not listening to this but like sometimes i just roll out of bed at 8 55 and just <laughs> run to that chair and like here we go the fact that you can do anything I when I was a kid and I would like watch TV while I was getting ready for school. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, was I not on time, Jason? I would just get so distracted watching music videos in my kitchen. Yeah, TV before school is not a thing at all. Growing up, it's just like you gotta get up, get, get put the things on your on your teeth, put the paste on the, on the bones in your mouth, and then go to go to school. <laughs> oh, I would watch music VH1 music and TV. VH1 and MTV music videos in the morning getting ready for school. Well, that sounds fun. As I ate in the kitchen. It's nice. <laughs> did you have a TV in your room? Uh, Not until I was like a teenager. Like, did not grow up with a TV in my room. No, I didn't have one until I graduated college. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very jealous of people who had them. I was not to be trusted. It was a nice uh, TV-VCR combo. Oh, all right. Don't have to brag about it. <laughs> Toshiba, I think it was. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Slow it down. Um, the last thing that I'll talk about is uh, a movie I watched on HBO Max just premiered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Um, can yes, old Angie. Uh, before we even get to Angie, what if I told you this movie starred uh, Aiden Gillen from L- Little Thinker from Game of Thrones, Nicholas Holt, aka right, right. the Beast, right? All right, <laughs> John Bernthal. Who's looking the most like Ernest from the Ernest movies in oh, this no. movie? His hair is doing a thing. His face is doing a thing. Oh, like you are looking how? like like Jim Varney. How dare you compare <laughs> the two? You'll see. 
Um, and also a cameo appearance by Tyler Perry. What? <laughs> Did he know what movie he stumbled into? Did they were they filming on his giant studio campus and he just walked by? Probably. I think I would love what? if he had like a, a clause in every in any contract. If this movie's being filmed in here, I have a right to appear at least for ten minutes in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> he just rides by in a golf cart on his campus. But uh, yeah, it, it, it this is a '90s ass action movie in like the modern day. I liked it. It was fun. Really, it was over the top. Like it was violent. Like oh okay. Like I'll probably watch it. I think you'd like it. There's no really? bone breaking. There's like oh thank god. Um, Angelina Jolie is the star of this movie. Right. It feels like her character in the movie is like there by happenstance. Like. She is not in a main beef with the bad guys. Like, mm. she just happens to be there literally when this kid washes up and she has to, like, protect him. Mm. Um, the basic premise of the story is, like, these mysterious agents are trying to kill this dude and his son because they were, like, his dad is a forensic accountant who was witness to oh, this okay. horrible thing that, like, happened. Gotcha. He dug too deep. Gotcha. And Aiden they Gilden, always do, Jason. They, they always, always do. Really do. too deep. And Nicholas Holt is there. Nicholas Holt and uh, Aiden Gillen are there to ruin this right. father and son's I life. I was so when I saw the trailer, I was like, Nicholas, <laughs> Nick, what are you doing? Nicholas, you're a good sweet boy. What are you doing here? It was surprising. Like I've never seen him hold a gun. Before. I've never seen him scowl as a bad man, and I was really thrown off by it. They are real shitty dudes in this movie. They are. They bad seem like it. People. They seem like it. Which is all the more scary because he's very tall. Like from it, from the like almost the first time you see them, like I want these dudes to get ruined by Angelina Jolie. All seventy nine pounds of her. She is very thin in this movie, and I'm a little she's scared. Thin in every movie, Jason. <laughs> Have you seen her? She's a waif of a human. I didn't know that. Like I just, I just didn't. I was just like, I, was... I could burp and just blow her across the ocean. <laughs> she's tiny. But I was very happy to see her again. Like I feel like I've been seeing your her. old friend, Ange. <laughs> Ange, where you been? We go way back. All right. Hackers. How's your marriage? Ninety-five. All right. How are your eighty-three kids? <laughs> I said to myself, well, "This is like a comeback movie, right?" Technically, no. She's had like three movies in the pandemic that have come out. Like what? Like to Disney and to streaming. Like I was like, My "Oh left. shit!" Like what? <laughs> um, goodness gracious. Um. <laughs> I had it loaded up here. Give me one second. Um, yeah, she was in this. She was <laughs> <laughs> those wish we did. She was also um, in the one and only Ivan on Disney Plus. What is that? Um, it is a story of a talking gorilla. <laughs> oh, I'm out. Who tries to piece together his past with the help of an elephant named Ruby as they hatch a plan to escape from captivity. I'm going to go ahead and assume this is an animated piece. It is an animated movie. <laughs> Not a live action gorilla elephant no. romp. <laughs> it's very Madagascar-y in its nature. <laughs> okay. But they're using like Lion King realistic looking oh, animals. Oh, no. I don't Hard know why. Pass. But it sounds more fun than like the Lion King remake. Okay. Um, also, the movie Come Away, which is a reinterpretation of the Peter Pan story. Like, what if we had, you know african-american characters like in these roles okay and like dealing with that i was like hmm interesting okay i feel like i may have seen a trailer for that i think it this one sadly i think got lost in the shuffle of the pandemic yeah um and she did maleficent right before the pandemic hit like i still haven't seen that movie she looks amazing um yeah like you absolutely cast her as maleficent Hmm. but she has been busy and i thought she wasn't and that's my fault (laughs) (laughs) our sincerest apologies go out to the jolie clan (laughs) Here I was thinking she was just, I thought she made the transition like, I'm a director now, I don't act anymore, but she absolutely acts and directs things, so good for her. And I mean, she does have a good voice, so I can see why she's doing like animated stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was a fun movie. Okay. So much fire. Uh, a lot. It seems like a horrible thing to die in. Um, she gets. That's one of my top five greatest fears. <laughs> I'm so serious. Totally. Fire scares the shit out of me. Holy fear. She gets struck by lightning at least twice in this movie Jason, and survives. Don't tell me that. It's amazing. <laughs> I have to say it. She is. She's Thor in this movie, basically. She wields an axe or a hammer okay. and commands the lightning. <laughs> All right. I was like gonna wait a while to see it but no does it part of it kind of gave me like um 
almost in terms of the story, something about it gave me like late 90s action movie vibes. It 100% is that. Okay. It heavily emits those you vibes. Know, like Harrison Ford's on the run kind oh, of vibes. Oh, 100%. Like, you got bad guys running through the woods, so he's got to get out of there. Like, I could completely believe, if someone said, like, this was actually written for a man, like, I could believe that. Like, Yeah, this was written for a man in 1998. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> like, if you told me, like, Mel Gibson is, like, yes. fire jumper man, like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I could believe that. Gary Sinise is the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. We could have written this movie like in 1996. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, okay. Great. I'll check it out. I'm kind of excited now. <laughs> Me and Ange getting the band back together again. Great. Cool, cool, cool. But uh, that's all I got. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we watched some interesting things this we week. We did. It was kind of quite the variety well, the variety i think we bounced back from a little technical glitch at the start listen uh, that's the fastest i've talked in a while <laughs> you already talk fast so putting you up to 1.5 speed is like a lot i'm i'm sorry that you know you guys got to miss some of the gold that we had but silver's not bad either all right listen i wasn't coming out with anything jason was doing well <laughs> i was like behind so it's fine we all went to the Olympics, all right? <laughs> You're still an Olympian even if you don't win a medal, okay? Um, but yeah, uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Yes. Uh, you know, follow us on Instagram at ONR Podcasts. Uh, and yeah, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to. It helps a lot. Write a review. Write Go a review, crazy. You know, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher. Go crazy. Enjoy, like, tell your friends because that also helps a bunch too. If you like us, let people know you like us and tell them. All right. Uh, and thanks. We'll see you all next time. Thank you. Bye.